You're listening to Wings All Access right here on NLL.com. And now, Wings play-by-play man, Dave Walls. The bye week is over and we are back. It's time for Wings All Access here on NLL Radio. Hi, everybody. I'm Dave Walls, play-by-play man for your Philadelphia Wings. John Varchert, uh, sadly not with us tonight. I know I had said on our Twitter, at Wings All Access, that he was going to be here tonight. And, you know, he told me he'd be here. But then I called him right before the show. And then all of a sudden, uh, John said, I can't do it. I got a souffle in the oven. And he started telling me about, you know, if I do the podcast, the souffle will fall. And, you know, certainly John is a meticulous man in the kitchen. You just want to back up, let him have his space. So John is uh, doing his best impression of Hubert Keller in the kitchen tonight, making a grand old souffle. And we will see him later on in the fix. Plenty to talk about as the wings come off a loss that I think most wings fans will say is probably the most brutal one they've had all season. And certainly It could be one of those losses that just haunts the wings as they move through the second half of the season. Let's break it all down by walking through the score sheet. Crowley! It's time for the score sheet. As the Philadelphia Wings hosted the Minnesota Swarm all the way back on February 23rd. Wings had a uh, little bit of off time. They're getting ready to get back into it this upcoming weekend on the road. We'll give you their schedule here in a few minutes. But first, talking about the Swarm, this is a game that held a lot of importance, not just because both these teams are near the bottom of the Eastern Division and trying to fight for a playoff spot, but in a case like that, it's also going to be important to have the tiebreaker as both these teams had split the season series so far one to one. And so far in the first quarter, it looked like Philadelphia definitely wanted it more. Garrett Thule gets the scoring started at 251. There's a shot and a score. Philadelphia Wings Garrett Thule gets his first of the game. He scored the last two goals against Buffalo just a week ago. And he starts off the scoring at the 251 mark. It's one to nothing. And Philadelphia continued a 4-0 run thanks to two goals by Jordan Hall, one on the power play at 626. Creeping in far side. Here's a shot and a score. Philadelphia breathing a sigh of relief as it's Jordan Hall getting the power play notch. Shut out a week ago against Buffalo. He gets his first of the game, and Philly quickly out to a 2-0 lead. Kevin Crowley chimes in at 7-08, and then Jordan Hall shorthanded. Philadelphia shoots shorthanded. It's a score. Jordan Hall gets number two, knocked down after the play. At 8.20, and it is four to nothing, Philadelphia. And Wings fans got to be loving this. Logan Chuss cools it down a little bit, does get the power play notch 27 seconds later to make it four to one. And there's something about that goal that really kind of set the tone for the game. We'll talk about this in just a minute. Going through the rest of the first quarter, Kevin Ross, you think he likes playing against his former team? Yeah, I think so. Kevin Ross gets the notch. Crowley one-on-one. Looking for help, looking for an inside play. Shot, one-timer, and score. Oh, fire up the top ten highlights. Kevin Ross, the one-time catch and shot, makes it 5-1. to one. At 9.32, making it 5-1. Pat Saunders makes it 6-1. And when it's 6-1, you know, in the first quarter, you got to be thinking, for those of you who saw Calgary play Toronto uh, this past week on, on the Lacrosse Network or ESPN3 or TSN or wherever you happen to get a chance to catch it, Calgary got out to a huge lead in that game, and what they did 
is even though Toronto got a little hot in the second, third, and they kept it going in the fourth, Calgary kept them at bay. You know, they were able to step on their throats, and anytime it looked like Toronto was trying to mount a nice little rally, Calgary was able to continually step on them and say, no, our game, no, get back. Philadelphia did not do that, because here at 6-1, Minnesota gets two goals in five seconds, a breakaway goal from Brock Sorensen as there's a uh, turnover by Philadelphia. They have to drop the ball, and the referee blows the whistle. Sorensen picks it up and catches Philadelphia in the middle of a line change, runs in for the goal, and then five seconds later, off the faceoff, Greg Downing gets it, and all of a sudden, it's 6-3, to three, and that may not seem like much, but you've turned a five-goal deficit into just a three-goal deficit in a matter of five seconds. And in the NLL, we know runs can happen, and they certainly do. Now, Brody Merrill will uh, finish out the first quarter just 10 seconds later. Great play off the faceoff by Constable. Had a triple team. Now here's a break for Merrill. He shoots and scores! He gets a nice little breakaway off the feed from C.J. Constable off the faceoff, and that makes it 7-3 at the end of one. Plenty of penalties in the first quarter. Both teams getting four minor penalties, so certainly a very physical first quarter of action. And again, Wings fans got to be loving the fact that, yeah, you know, we're up big. We already got seven in the first quarter. It's the most they had scored, uh, I think, in a game since April of 2009. That's that was passed on to me by the uh, NLL during the game. And I so you got again, you got to love that. But again, Minnesota is going to do just enough to stay in this game. Uh, Kyle Matisse gets a power play notch at 104 of the second, making it 7-4. Now, Pat Saunders will get two straight, giving him the first half hat trick, 4-14, and on the power play at 10-13. That makes it, again, 9-4. But here comes Minnesota again in the second. They get Kyle Matisse with his second, and then Shane Jackson on the power play with 41 seconds left to go in the half. That makes it halftime score of nine to six and so again it's only three goals even though i think wings fans probably felt pretty good based on their style of play you know they get outscored in the quarter three to two and it's just enough for minnesota to keep clawing back in the game just a little bit also uh, worthy to note that zach higgins the goaltender who beat philadelphia in the last home matchup here in philadelphia uh zach higgins got the start he got pulled after that 4-0 run it was not his day or so it seemed Tyler Carlson comes in, and he doesn't do a heck of a lot better. Carlson lasts uh, most of the second, I believe, and then gets some time early in the third, but he uh, only makes 14 saves on 22 shots, letting in eight. So in the third quarter, they bring Zach Higgins back in, and it's the Zach Higgins that Philadelphia fans, unfortunately, remember. He uh, snacks up quite a few nice saves, including one that... Uh, made the TLN top 10. I encourage you to go take a look at that. Third quarter, though, it looks like Philadelphia was trying to put finally put Minnesota away. Tracy Koleski gets one at 117 of the third, and then Pat Saunders gets number four on the afternoon, leading goal scorer for the Wings today. Here's a shot from the outside. It scores! Back-to-back goals by Philadelphia, and I believe it's Pat Saunders. If it is, it's his fourth of the game. At 135, that again makes it 11-6, so now starting to grow. Five-goal game. Tyler Haas gets a sneaky goal in there at 317, the unassisted notch. And then Garrett Thule gets his second of the day at 425. So again, 12-7. And that is about the last time Philadelphia really gets in control of this game as Minnesota just goes off from here on out. It's a 7-0 run. Here we go, everybody. Callum Crawford at 443. That's just uh, 17 seconds back of Garrett's goal. Uh, that makes it 12-8 Philadelphia. And then it's Logan Schuss on the power play. We'll talk more about him in a second. Brock Sorensen 
uh, gets another one, uh, his second of the night. And it's 12-10 at the end of three, but I don't think anybody felt comfortable at 12-10, to 10, especially uh, if you take a look at Minnesota's game they had just the previous night against the Toronto Rock. Toronto got out to a huge lead going into the fourth quarter. Minnesota threw down an 8-1 to one run including uh, a ton of goals late in that uh, late in that quarter it was uh, it wasn't enough they lost 14 to 12 but when you could throw up eight in a fourth quarter coming down from a big situation coming back from five or six like minnesota has done in this game really doesn't seem like a lot people were asking me on twitter and on youtube uh, before the game you know dave what do you think uh, minnesota is going to be able to throw out do you think they could do another late second quarter uh, second half run that is and I wasn't sure because sometimes when you throw out a run like that and it falls short, you know, when you just throw everything you've got in your tank and it falls short, sometimes a lot of times that's a deflating feeling because you go, oh, I gave it my best and it wasn't enough. But give credit to this Minnesota team. They were able to pull it all together and Logan Schuss put the team on his shoulders early in the fourth. He gets the natural hat trick. 13 seconds in. Here's wide open shot and a score. Just like that, 13 seconds into the fourth, we've got a one-goal game at 12-11. to 11. At 139, they hurry. Here's another shot. Save made by Miller. Loose rebound and a score. Finally, Logan Schuss, goal number four. We've got a tie game at 12-12. to 12. And then finally, on the power play at 214, here's a shot from the outside and a score. And at 12.47 left to go, Logan Schuss gets number five. The Swarm get their first lead of the game, 13-12. Logan Schuss, three straight goals in two minutes and one second. And all of a sudden, Minnesota is up 13-12. Andrew Suter gets a back-breaking unassisted goal at 14-12. So now it is 14-12. Uh, uh, that goal was at 8.55, my apologies. Kevin Crowley keeps Philadelphia in it at 9.28. Long outlet pass up ahead for Merrow. He's got a man breaking off the bench. He hits him. Here's a shot and a score! Just like that, Kevin Crowley gets off the bench, throws it in with 5.32 to go here in the fourth. The crowd comes alive in the Wells Fargo Center. It's a one-goal game again. Making it a one-goal game. But again, Minnesota's able to get another. Uh, this one would finally seal the deal with Scott Jones at 13-32. Jordan Hall would score on the extra attacker at 14-15. Hall shoots outside and scores! Extra attacker goal for Jordan Hall. It's not done yet. 15-14. But it wasn't enough as your wings fall to the Minnesota Swarm by a final score of 15 to 14. So that gives Minnesota the season series and the tiebreaker should these two teams tie. And when you're battling for that third place playoff spot, certainly not a good situation for your wings. Uh, taking a look down the lineups, however, let's highlight some of the good here. Pat Saunders with another great night. I tell you, he has really blossomed into a confident powerhouse over there on that left-hand side. And he's really complimented Kevin Ross and everybody over there on the left uh, and Jordan Hall, I should say. Uh, Saunders, four goals, two assists, uh, leading goal scorer for the Wings. Kevin Crowley did have a pretty nice night, two goals and eight assists, a leading point scorer combined for both teams on the night with 10 points. So a uh, nice job by Kevin. Uh, Jordan Hall gets the hat trick, three goals and an assist. Uh, Kyle Buchanan didn't put the ball in the net, but he does get six assists on the night. Kaluski one and one. Kevin Ross with the goal. Gareth Thule with two as well. And C.J. Costabile also with two assists, along with Joel White, who got an assist in there as well, as well as assists from Poppleton and Rannigan. Ryan Ward, it should be noted, did not make the game. He was unable to make it due to just travel problems and travel situations getting to the Wells Fargo Center. It actually breaks an 80-game consecutive start streak that Ryan Ward had had. So certainly uh, that is something that when Wings fans don't exactly 
expect because Ryan Ward's usually Mr. Dependable, and they certainly did miss him out on the floor. In goal for the Wings, Brandon Miller got the start over Evan Kirk. 42 saves in the loss for B-Mill. That was his first start of the season as he had obviously missed the first half of the season uh, due to his contract situation. And Evan Kirk, I think some fans were surprised Miller got the start. I wasn't because, you know, Kirk didn't have a great performance against Buffalo in the previous game. Uh, in that 13 to 7 loss. So I thought, you know, maybe it's time to give B Mill a chance. You know, that's something that that's a reason we got these two goaltenders now on the lineup here. You saw what they did up in Six Nations uh, over the summer, where, you know, one guy was having an off night, you bring in the other, and they back each other up. And I thought Miller had a pretty decent game. There's a couple goals in there I think he wants back, especially when Logan Schuss got his uh, natural hat trick. There were one or two goals there where, frankly, the speed of Logan Schuss's shot was just too much for Miller to handle. He, he just uncorked the cannon. Uh, and But there were uh, quite a few good saves in there for Brandon Miller, so certainly you can't hang it all on him. He had a pretty decent night. And Zach Higgins, the young goaltender, I tell you what, he's given Minnesota a lot to think about because you thought Tyler Carlson was going to be the man when they made their Carlson versus Kirk decision. And Higgins has uh, really been the more solid of the two. Uh, he's gotten two of their three wins now on the season as he makes uh, 22 saves on 28 shots, and he ends up getting the win. Uh, Faceoff's pretty much even on the night. Uh, Poppleton uh, does well against Jordan McIntosh, and the Wings go 52% in the faceoff circle. So that does it for that game. Minnesota pulls it out 15-14, to 14, dropping the Wings to 3-7, and seven, and Minnesota gets its second win on the season at 2-7. and seven. All right, fans, we'll take a look at the schedule and what your Wings are doing next in just a few minutes. But first, wanted to sit down and open up the Wings All Access Hotline. Had a chance to speak with uh, Wings forward Kevin Ross. It's obviously been an up-and-down campaign in 2014 for Kevin as he's been battling injury because, as you might remember, the first time the Wings played Minnesota, he took a, uh, I'll call it, I'll say it, a semi-dirty check against the boards. Someone hit him up high against the boards, got banged up. And this game against uh, Minnesota on February 23rd was his first game back. It looked like he was enjoying himself out there, had had a pretty good performance, and just want to get inside his head a little bit. And he's been very forthright in opening, and we really appreciate it as we sit down with Wings forward, Kevin Ross. Hello. It's a Wings All Access exclusive. And as we open up the Wings All Access Hotline, we say hello to Wings Forward, Kevin Ross. Hi, Kevin. Thanks for giving us a few minutes today on Wings All Access. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. Well, my pleasure. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, Kevin, for those of you Wings fans who are playing a little catch-up this season, it's Kevin's second season with the Wings, joined the Wings last year, uh, and had a pretty decent year last year, I think you would say. 53 points, 20 goals, 33 assists. Got a little bit banged up near the end of last year. We had some shoulder problems, had off-season shoulder surgery. Kevin, just uh, tell us for a little bit how your off-season went. Again, we just mentioned you had that surgery and how your recovery process went. Yeah, so you took a, you know, got a little banged up for a dinner last year and uh, had to get some shoulder repairs done and, you know, kind of maybe slowed uh, my production towards the end of last season, but got, got taken care of during... Uh, in May, and I uh, kind of spent the summer rehabbing and, and spent the summer sort of away from lacrosse for the most part. Played a few games with the Nationals and the MLL before surgery, but for the most part, stayed away and spent the summer doing physio and getting back ready to play so that once we got back into training camp in November, December, and into the season in January, is back uh, 200%. So that was really the off season, and it spent uh, most of it really just prepping for wing season again. 
Well, that's good to hear. Now, Kevin, you had a hot start to the season this year. You had five points in the season opening win against Buffalo, another good effort against Rochester. But you get a little banged up against your old team, the Swarm, on the 18th of January against the boards late that game. You were finally able to make your comeback against the Swarm on the 23rd in that 15-14 to 14 loss. Talk for a minute, if you could, about playing your former team, the Minnesota Swarm. If it's just a good old-fashioned rivalry game, gets you amped up a little bit. What sort of emotions go into a game like that for you? I mean, it's definitely a game that any player would have circled on their calendar. You know, my, my departure from Minnesota was done amicably. You know, I'm an Eastern-based guy, and they were in the Western Division at that time. So by them moving me to the East, I was, I was appreciative of that. And, and, you know, we parted ways on good terms, but... But nonetheless, you know, you, you see a lot of familiar faces across the cross center on certain uh, warrants and things, and you, you want to play your best and prove to them that, uh, you know what, maybe uh, maybe we should have tried to work something out uh, and you shouldn't have let me go so easily or something. But, uh, no, it's definitely a game that you can get pumped up for, that uh, you have circling your calendar and you want to perform at your best. But, uh, you know, it's really any, any other game, but um, you, you try to, 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 to maybe take it to another level in front of the former coach. Now, Kevin, as we shift our attention back to the team, you guys right now have a record of 3-7 and seven after the loss to Minnesota, and it doesn't get any easier from here as your next two games are against the Rochester Nighthawks, and a crucial one at that in order to be able to not only stay alive in the playoff race, but in order to try and gain some ground and uh, perhaps even get the series against Rochester, you play them on Saturday night in First Niagara Center. And then you come home to the Nighthawks on Sunday the 16th for tickets and info. Just go to wingslax.com. As we had mentioned earlier, it's kind of been an up-and-down year, not only for the team, but for you personally as you missed some time with injury after the hot start, and now you're back and had a pretty good game against Minnesota. Describe what this 2014 season has been like for you. Yeah, I got off to a good start. I mean, we we, we got that win in, uh, against Buffalo there uh, early and you know played pretty well personally, and we we. A couple losses following that, but those were games we were right in and lost to Rochester by a couple, then Buffalo by one or two as well that we really, uh, you know, could have had. So not that we were okay with uh, with those losses, but we felt like we were playing at a pretty high level and that, uh, you know, we, we could really play with anybody in the league. After that, uh, yeah, I got hurt against, uh, against Minnesota, uh, banged up uh, the other shoulder a little bit. Um, I had to take a few games off to, to get that all right. Um, yeah, we, we got a few more wins there. That you know, we put us in pretty good shape. And I've been on the back at it this past week, and against the Swarm again was important with us. And that was a game we really had in hand and should have won. I think if you look at you know four of our losses this year, have been within one or two goals. Not to say we're satisfied, but to say that we, you know, as a group of uh, you know, twenty twenty two guys or whatever it is, are pretty confident in our abilities and that we can play with anyone in this league. And that we do have the ability to get uh, to get it done. So, you know, that that was a tough loss this past weekend, but I think we're we're in good shape this weekend off. We got some guys with nagging injuries to get healed up, and really, you know, have have our number one lineup next week and uh, up in Rochester. Well, that sounds good to me. Fans, we're talking with Wings forward Kevin Ross. Wings on the road this weekend against the Rochester Nighthawks. Game time Saturday, 7.30 p.m. You can watch it live on the Lacrosse Network. I'll be live tweeting at Dave Walls. And don't forget, Wings come home to face Rochester on Sunday the 16th. Sunday, 4 p.m. start time. Again, I'll have the call for you in the Lacrosse Network, but we want to see you in the stands. Get your tickets and info at wingslax.com. Uh, Kevin, just a couple more questions for you. Uh, something I've been asking about everyone who uh, comes on Wings All Access this season is about the turnover that the Wings had coming from last season to this season. Uh, aside from you and just a few other players, it was largely a brand new team and a brand new roster uh, coming into 2014. I just want to ask, 
what is what was it like coming into training camp this season? What was it like getting to work with these younger guys, especially uh, you've got Pat Saunders out there on your left-hand side. You've got all these new kids on defense and all just all these new faces. Uh, did you have any expectations coming into 2014 or into camp, or was it just uh, did it just sort of magically happen for you guys then? You know, to be honest, going into last season, so the 2013 season, was probably a bit more challenging for me and maybe our offensive unit as a whole just because and I, I don't mean this in a negative way, but we were playing with the majority of, uh, majority of our offense was an American-based offense um, and trying to get used to what guys are trying to do that aren't so familiar with the box game. Coming into this season, well, there's a lot of new guys there that weren't there the year before. The majority of our offense, maybe the exception of, I think, just Garrett Thal, are you know Canadian-born and bred box across players and really are kind of running the same system since we've, we've been playing junior lacrosse up in Canada. And, uh, you know, coming into the season, we're pretty optimistic. And I think we, we still are. I mean, we've had a, you know, a bit of a rough patch the past little while, but uh, we've got a lot of, uh, a lot of young guys that are doing great things in our offense. Pat Saunders, uh, Tal Buchanan, name a couple, and then really strong veteran leadership up there as well. So I'm very confident in our offense. Um, coming to training camp, I think, uh, you know, we, 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 we knew we had a pretty special group. And it's a group that has a lot of guys with, with something to prove. Uh, you know, Buchanan Saunders, as, as I mentioned, Tracy Koleski is sort of, you know, reinvigorated his career with us. So that's, you know, that's really exciting. And then to pick up a guy like Ryan Ward um, from, from, from Edmonton last year, I mean, he's the absolute definition of a forward general and can really, you know, lead an offense as well as anybody in the league can. So um, our confidence in our offense is very high, and I think rightfully so. Yeah, I would fully agree with you there, Kevin. Uh, when you look at the offense in general, one of the big things that's really stood out to me this season is how much more scoring has come from the left-hand side of the offense. Uh, for instance, last season, when there was scoring from the left-hand side, uh, 90% of the time it was you, maybe an occasional goal or two from Kevin Buchanan, who got hot late. But you come into this season, and you've got uh, so many more options now who, uh, I guess, take the pressure off you a little bit, as Jordan Hall's having the kind of year I think we all thought he would have. Uh, and then Pat Saunders has really broken out as well here in 2014, coming almost out of nowhere, unexpected, but he's uh, really been lighting it up. And if you also can't forget number 99, Garrett Thule out there as well. Uh, it must be nice having all those additional pieces that uh, you can uh, work with with as well on the left-hand side of the offense and know that no matter what line is out there, the left-hand side has to be respected. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, maybe statistically Jordan may, might not have the season he wanted to last year, and he's definitely showing this year that he's an elite player in this league. Um, Pat Saunders is one of those guys that just really needed that opportunity and, um, you know, to step in and show what he could do. He's been on that on the cusp of getting there for, for, for quite a few years now. Now that he's actually getting an opportunity, he's definitely taking the most of it. And then to add in... Uh, element of Garrett Stahl, who's six foot, I don't know, four or five and 240 or 50 pounds. It can just you know, push guys out of the way and has the cannon of a shot. Adds another nice element to, to our, uh, to our left side uh, on our offense. So we really have, you know, those, uh, us four up there that, um, I think it's a pretty capable group that, uh, you know, there's lofty expectations of us, but I think rightfully so. Absolutely. Now, Kevin, last question for you. Wings travel to Rochester this Saturday night, 7.30 p.m. start time. Again, for you fans, games on the Lacrosse Network, and I'll be live tweeting at Dave Walls. Uh, Wings have already traveled up to Rochester once this year, and it was a 13-9 loss for you guys, but it was certainly an up-and-down battle. Well, Rochester got off to a huge lead early, then the Wings rally back, uh, get eight in a row to get it within one, but just ultimately fall a little bit short. 
What did you learn about that first game that maybe you didn't know about Rochester? Or is it just a case of you guys are pretty comfortable with each other and you know what you have to do? Well, Rochester is, you know, the two-time defending champion because they're good. You know, they've got a good goalie, a great defense, and a talented offense. And they, you know, they're more or less a veteran group that knows how to get things done. Um, you know, we lost 13-9, but I think we came back. At one point, it was an 11-10 game that we, we crawled back into. So that gave us some confidence doing that. You know, we, we can score on them. Um, we do have the ability to shut down their offense, and that's a team that, you know, they're right now the best in the league, and that, that they, they've proven that they are. And the fact that we know we can play with them has given us some confidence in, in our other games. So we're looking forward to, to, to living up to the challenge of, uh, of beating the defending champions, and I, I think that the pieces are in place. Having this weekend off to kind of rest some nagging injuries for some guys and maybe just, you know, get away from the from lacrosse for a weekend is good. We've had a bit of a tough go, so you know, recharge the batteries and get refreshed and having a nice stat. It's, it's interesting. You know, we have a lot of Sunday afternoon games or back-to-back games. We actually have a nice Saturday night, you know, traditional night game that we're going into in, in Rochester next weekend. So, you know, I'll, I'll focus starting next week. will be on that. But right now the guys are recharging and, uh, you know, kind of taking this opportunity to rest. But you know, once, once next week, next week hits, it's going to be, I'll focus on getting a win there. We won't be satisfied with it being close. Um, we've had enough of those this year. We're in a situation of seven losses that we need to start stringing some wins together. And that definitely starts next weekend. It certainly does. Wings forward, Kevin Ross. Kevin, thanks so much again for giving us a couple minutes here on the Wings All Access Outline. Certainly appreciate it. And good luck coming up against Rochester this weekend. No problem. Thanks so much for having me on. All right. Thanks so much, Kevin. Do appreciate you giving us a couple minutes here on Wings All Access. You fans can follow him on Twitter at kross71. Uh, Kevin, again, you know, it must be hard to be, you know, injured this whole time and come back and have to play your former team, but you have to lose two uh, heartbreaking losses like the Wings did to the Swarm at the Wells Fargo Center. But a healthy Kevin Ross for the second half of the season is something the Wings uh, desperately need. And looking forward, uh, it will be uh, very exciting to see what he can do on the left side of the offense, which is actually pretty stacked now. When you've got Jordan Hall, Kevin Ross, and an emerging Pat Saunders, uh, certainly good things to come for the Wings offense. All right, fans, as we uh, continue along here, uh, let's take a a brief look at some news. It has been a busy week here in the NLL. Uh, The first big thing is that uh, the coaching staff at Colorado has been completely revamped. Bob Hamley and company uh, are out the door in Colorado, and certainly given the 4-7 and start they had, uh, certainly not not a total surprise. Hamley had been there for a couple of seasons, at least four, I believe. And uh, but certainly that with all the offensive firepower they have, you know, John Grant Jr., they've now got Drew Westervelt, Casey Powell, and they've even got Ethan Iannucci, who's been on and off of the roster now. You would expect their offense to be putting up a lot more points than they have, and it just hasn't happened. So they've made the change and they've gone with an interesting solution as uh, the Mammoth for the, at least the rest of the season have uh, announced former Mammoth players Pat Coyle, Chris Gill, and Dan Stroop. They're going to be manning the bench as interim coaches, and they're going to be working together as a team to coach rather than having one solid voice. And I think if you're going to ask a lot of people in the NLL, there's a lot of head scratching because you kind of need one voice leading the team. You know, in the beginning, it might work. I know my personal opinion is if you're playing on a team, you need to have that one guy you go to with an answer. You know, it's like, hey, coach, what do I need to do? Well, what do you what are you seeing out there? You can't have three. I mean, unless they're going to agree 100 percent of the time on every answer and. Good luck with that if you can do it. Um, Unless they're going to agree 100% of the time, if they're all going to be the same level of coach, 
I don't know. I, I don't see that working in the long term. I mean, I'll say it might be an experiment by Steve Govett out in Colorado, but certainly it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Certainly, I, I understand the logic behind it because clearly Hamley and the, and the players were not connecting on some level because stuff just wasn't getting done out on the field. And with the level of talent you have on the field, what do you need to get these players motivated? Do you need someone maybe of their own level? You know, these guys, you know, these three coaches combined to win 12 NLL titles as a, as a player and uh, one of them as a coach. Uh, so, I mean, and all these players played for the Mammoth in 2006 when they won the Champions Cup. So I understand the logic in doing so. You know, they can relate to them on the player level, on the Colorado level. It might be a good short-term fix. I don't know if it's the long-term solution, but certainly it's going to be a very interesting situation to watch. Also, the Philadelphia Wings made a move just uh, as we're coming to air here. The Wings have signed former Toronto defenseman and transition guy Stephen Hoare to a uh, one-year degree. They put him on the active roster, so he'll be ready and available for the Wings matchup against Rochester this week. Michael Deal goes to the practice player list. Uh, I think it's a pretty good. I think it's a good move for Philadelphia as. You know, with so many young pieces on defense who are getting the feel of the of the Amer- of the box game, I should say, with so many Americans getting the feel for the box game, you want that veteran presence. And you know, here's Hoare, who's in his tenth season in the NLL. He actually got released by Toronto, as he had primarily been their faceoff guy, but he had been uh, having some problems in the circle. If you look at his stats, he started off uh, taking faceoffs in 2010 uh, in his uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh season in the NLL. Uh, where he you know started off at 49 uh, 45% and went up to 48%. He had a high in 2012 of a win percentage of uh, just over 51%, but then it steadily dropped. He dropped to 40% last season and in the five games he had this season, 35%. So clearly uh it was getting outmatched in the circle, but a veteran defensive uh defensive presence like Stephen Hoare you know, someone who knows what it's like to win it, win a Champions Cup, knows what it's like to take a team deep into the postseason, you know, and someone to just work with these defensive guys and, you know, give them more tips and pointers. I, I don't see anything wrong with it, and I think it's an overall good move by uh, Johnny Meridian and the Philadelphia Wings. I don't expect him to necessarily take over the uh, the face-off uh, circle at all because I think Poppleton and I think CJ Costabile have both had Pretty solid efforts inside the circle. Uh, Costabile's been much improved, and we saw a good effort out of Poppleton in the circle this time around against Minnesota. But uh, Stephen Hoare, I think, is going to be able to push these guys continually. And uh, certainly, I I think uh, overall, I think it's a very good move by the Philadelphia Wings, and it'll just add more veteran presence to that defense. And uh, certainly, we'll see how it plays out as the Wings will be battling this weekend. All right, everybody, quick run around the league right now. As we take a look at what's been happening, uh, obviously we're heading into week 11. The Wings had week 10 off, had a couple of really interesting games. Calgary, uh, well, the most interesting situation for Wings fans is that Toronto was uh, had a 4-4 four and four record, and they had a pretty solid lead over both Philadelphia and Minnesota in the uh, NLL Eastern Division. And so uh, with you know both those teams uh, really kind of on the outside looking in, it, the ball was in Toronto's court. All Toronto really had to do was you know win and not and you controlled your own destiny but they lose on uh friday night to the edmonton rush edmonton up at rexall place now moves to eight and oh and that final score was 11 to 10 and then they go the next night uh over to the saddle dome in calgary they get a back-to-back dose of alberta and calgary puts it on them early and often 
Uh, it's uh, the 7-0 Calgary after one. Uh, they chase Nick Rose out of goal. They chase Zach Boychuk out. I think they chase them both out at least once, one of them even twice. Uh, Curtis Dixon gets the sock trick, six goals, four assists, 10 points for him on the night. Dane Doby gets the hat trick. A uh, ton of players scoring in this one. Toronto mounts a nice rally as uh, Stephen LeBlanc gets five goals in there, but really too little too late. Uh, Toronto gets swept on the weekend. And so now if you look at the standings in the Eastern Division, all of a sudden it's very, very interesting because, you know, Philadelphia was down there at three and seven and just didn't look like they had a way of clawing back. But now they're only one game in back of Toronto, which means Philadelphia has something to play for. Toronto has week 11 off. And Philadelphia plays on Saturday night. In fact, both Philadelphia and Minnesota have tough matchups on Saturday night. So, you know, if uh, you know the wings start getting hot, which you know has happened in previous years, they get that late run going as the weather warms up outside. You know, we'll see what happens in Philadelphia. Certainly, they want to break their streak. They've got a tough matchup on Saturday against the Nighthawks, but a win here would throw Philadelphia within a half game of third place. And if Minnesota loses, that gives us a little bit of separation. So all of a sudden the Eastern division has gotten very interesting. Again, uh, Buffalo currently sits atop at six and two Rochester, a half game back at six and three looking out West. Uh, as we mentioned, Edmonton rush, they're just continuing to dominate. John Barcher did ask me this as we were talking last night over the souffle. Very, very quietly. Don't want to disturb the souffle, but uh, he was asking me, do you think the Edmonton rush can run the table? And I kind of went, eh, you know, that I don't like calling that sort of thing, but I will say this Edmonton is seemingly at an answer for every type of situation. You know, their defense is just top notch. Toronto gave them a good run though. Uh, in fact, they had a Toronto had the lead seven to six early in the fourth as Sanderson had gotten a nice sidearm shot. Uh, but Edmonton, you know, they've got the firepower and they've got the speed. I was really impressed by not only when they came here, but in that Toronto game, Jeremy Thompson uh, just really has some great transition speed. And he's got a cannon if he wants to fire it. It's not his job to fire it in there all the time, but he certainly does. And they've also got a great rookie of the year candidate, Riley Lowen, who put it on the wings with two goals. And he uh, came up with uh, several good goals in that game to give the rush the 11-10 win. So Edmonton, they're only the second team in NLL history to go 8-0. and The first one was Buffalo, who... Uh, Ended up uh, going undefeated and winning the Champions Cup in '93. Of course, the regular season was only eight games then. So, uh, if you're if you want to put them on the same level that Edmonton's already won the regular season. But uh, getting back to what they're doing now, can they do it? I think they can. They still got a couple issues. I think they need to worry about Mark Matthews. While his uh, he's still putting the goals in, his shooting percentage has been really dropping. In fact, on this last game, he had two goals, but he took seven, 17 shots. You know, that's a lot of shots to be putting out there. And that get when, you know, you're only going two for 17, that gives the other side a lot more opportunity to get the ball back after you've missed a scoring opportunity and come back the other way. I'd like to see the shot selection spread around a little bit more on Edmonton. I understand why Mark Matthews is taking 17 because clearly he's the one they expect to score. But, you know, just spread it around a little bit more. And if they can uh, consistently start to put up a few more points a game, I, I really like Edmonton to make a deep, deep run. I'll say that they may get a loss somewhere late in the season. You know, once they've got this whole regular season race wrapped up, but I really like what Edmonton's doing. And same for Calgary. They've really rebounded out nicely after a slow start. They would, they looked really, really good. And it wasn't Toronto who was giving them anything. Calgary outworked them. 
That's the thing. There's one goal that Curtis Dixon had late in the fourth that you'll see on the TLN Top 10, where he just basically does a nice swim move and uh, just climbs his way through a double team and has to jump through the crease to somehow beat Nick Rose over the shoulder. It was a crazy goal. And Calgary front to back has been uh, just on fire here in the middle part of the season. Mike Poulin had an outstanding night in net with 48 saves. And again, in the bottom of the Western Division, you've got that tight race now because uh, Colorado's down to 4-7 and seven and the Stealth at 3-7. and seven. In fact, the Stealth... Uh, play the Edmonton Rush on Saturday night, and uh, that could be very, very interesting. Wouldn't it be crazy if out of all this, the 3-7 and seven Stealth give the Rush their first loss of the season, and then we'd have a tie at the bottom of the Western Division. So that would be um, that would be very, very interesting. I don't know if that will happen, but, you know, well, why don't we talk about whether or not it's going to happen? I'm ready to get into it. Let's get into the picks, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the picks. Here we go, money talks. Here comes the money. Yeah, I've been making a little bit of progress in the cheese it battle. What about it? As we as we go down uh the lineup. Yeah, we got four big ways to win big this weekend as um, obviously we took a dark week last week, but we did make some picks and your boy here, ding, ding, ding. Hey, two power picks in a row have actually paid off. So making a little bit of progress, still down by about six Cheez-Its. So I, I've got to make some progress here, but I am the man to do so. At least that's what I'm telling myself. So let's go down the lineup here. Like I said, four big ways to win big this week. And I do have John Barchard's picks. He was able to text them to me. Hopefully the texting did not cause the souffle to drop. Here we go. Uh, in fact, all games are on Saturday night. We start first, 7.30 p.m. at the First Niagara Center. The Minnesota Swarm, uh, who are at 2-7 and seven right now, go up to face the 6-2 and two Buffalo Bandits. All right. I will go ahead and I will start this one. I think Minnesota has certainly been kicking it up a little bit. Logan Schuss uh, in Week 10 had a lot, uh, a lot of offensive firepower. I don't think it's going to be enough to take on this Buffalo team. The only thing I'm wondering about Buffalo is they're going to have a lot of uh, they're going to have a lot of rust on the sticks. They've been sitting low uh, for a, a good two weeks now. They had they had a nice layoff there uh, where they weren't able to just get out because you know they had time off. But I think Minnesota might get out to an early lead. Then I think Buffalo will put them away in the second. I will say Buffalo takes it 12 to 10 over a feisty Minnesota Swarm team. 12 to 10, uh, the Bandits over the Swarm. Uh, moving to John Barchard. Uh, yeah, he basically agrees with me on this one. In fact, he thinks uh, uh, Minnesota won't get out to quite the uh, lead that uh, I do. But he he's pretty much along the same line. He says Buffalo 13, Minnesota nine there you go it's going to be uh we both pick the buffalo bandits to win that one john's 13 to 9 i'm 12 to 10 uh your wings play at 7 30 we'll save that one for last moving out west we got two western division battles oh good ones here uh saturday night 9 p.m out at the loud house it is the four and seven colorado mammoth hosting at the six and three calgary roughnecks john barchard gets this party started first and he says it and he says he's just not sure what to expect out of Colorado with the coaching change now. But what he does expect is for Calgary to continue their hot scoring. He says Colorado might be a little bit more fired up, but it won't be enough. He picks Calgary to take it in the Loud House by a score of 12 to 10. Uh, I will go ahead and take this one and hate to be boring. But yeah, I agree. I think Colorado obviously, you know, is has the firepower. We've said it all year, but 
you know, what to make of this team. And now with the coaching change, you know, with uh, the trio of uh, former players, now coaches behind the bench for Colorado, who knows what gets this team fired up? They have not performed very well at the Loud House this season. I think Calgary is too tough a matchup uh, in this in this one. And yeah, I'll say Calgary, I'll say 14 to 10. I'm going to go a little bit higher. Uh, I say Calgary puts it on a 14 to 10. John says 12, 10. We both pick the Roughnecks. I know. Boring, boring, boring. All right, here we go, everybody. This one might be a little bit more interesting as Saturday night, 9 p.m. Vancouver heads over to Rexall Place to face the undefeated Edmonton Rush. Oh, baby. Oh, you know, for those of you who listen <laughs> to Wings All Access, you know I'm a gambler. You know I want to blow in the dice, roll them down, and take that chance. Oh, I am battling in my head because we don't make the picks ahead of time. That's one thing I really like about this pick segment. I can't pick Vancouver. Oh, I want to do so so badly. Um, but yeah, no, not after what I've seen out of Edmonton so far. Edmonton scoring does need to be kicked up a notch. And Vancouver did make quite a few changes uh, during their bye weeks. Uh, go to the uh, NLL transactions page on NLL.com. You can see everything they did. Yeah, boy, I'm trying to talk myself into it. What am I doing? No, I... Uh, yeah, because Vancouver now has uh, Jamie Lincoln, the former Mammoth player. Uh, Bradley Richardson's on there now. And, boy, and they overhauled their defense a little bit. No, can't do it. Can't do it. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I got to listen. I got to go with my gut instinct. Edmonton takes it. One goal game, though. One goal game at 12 to 11. One goal game, though. I think that I think that's pretty uh, fair right there. Uh, moving to John Barcher, and John says, I can't believe you even thought about taking the Vancouver South. Edmonton all the way, 14-10. Boom, there you go. All right. So finally, we move uh, back to the Wings game. Your Wings will be in action on Saturday night, 7.30 p.m. It'll be on the Lacrosse Network. Uh, Ripper, Craig Rubinsky will have that call for you. I'll be live tweeting at Dave Walls, and uh, that is the Philadelphia Wings at the Rochester Nine Hawks. All right, I'm going to let John Barchard have this one first. And John says, you know, the Wings are at three and seven. I understand that, you know, they it was a close loss, but Rochester has just had our number. And he says, I don't see the situation changing. It, we, I know it's a must win, but he thinks Rochester has just been too much for the Wings to handle. And he sees that continuing here with a final score of Rochester 10, Philadelphia 8. All right, so I will go ahead and make my pick now. And yeah, I agree with John. Phil, uh, Rochester has just had Philadelphia's number uh, in recent years. And it's just, it's been hard to watch at times because you know Philadelphia is working hard down there. But I'm going to ask Wings fans to go back one year with me. If you go back uh, last season, you know, the Philadelphia Wings were in the middle of one of these big slumps where they were getting, in fact, last year they were getting blown out by teams. You know, they lost to. Calgary 16 to 8. They lost to Rochester 20 to 10 on that uh, Friday morning game. And, you know, it just was not looking good. You know, Philadelphia was slumping. But the Wings went into well uh, to the Blue Cross Arena uh, in late February, in fact, the 23rd of February last year. So just a little more than a year ago. And nobody was expecting anything out of the Philadelphia Wings in that game. And in fact, everybody was uh, saying it was a foregone conclusion. You know, you might as well not even buy a ticket. But all of a sudden in that game, you know, Rochester get out to a 4 nothing lead. They had the lead at the half, 6-4. to four, But then all of a sudden, Philadelphia keeps fighting, keeps fighting. Kevin Crowley gets five points in that game. And Philadelphia somehow is able to outwork Rochester, get 54-47 shots on goal in that game. 
They're able to spread the scoring around a little bit, and they take it to Rochester 10-8. And that kind of set the tone for the Wings in the second half of the season to keep fighting, keep fighting. They were able to beat Minnesota. They were able to beat Colorado. And then they were able to beat Toronto in that final home game of the season. If the Wings are going to make a run in 2014, it's got to start right now. It's got to start against the Rochester Nighthawks. And I'm going to say Philadelphia takes this one 11-9. going to be an 11-9 win for your Philadelphia Wings. I know it's been a tough season so far. If the Wings are serious about making this run happen in 2014, they've got so much more offensive firepower than they had last season. They've got so many more pieces that are clicking. Uh, They've got Brandon Miller back in the lineup. They've got Evan Kirk. I don't know who's going to get the start in that game. My gut instinct says they put Kirk back in the net for this one. They've given it a little bit of time off to relax and get refreshed. And I think this team is primed for a second-half run. And with Minnesota clipping at their heels and holding the timebreaker, this is as close to a must-win as you can get. And I think Philadelphia not only needs this one, but will win this one over the Rochester Nighthawks, 11-9. All right, there you go, fans. That does it for this episode of Wings All Access. Thank you so much for downloading this on Whether you're listening on NLL Radio, you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, please do so and leave a five-star review. We appreciate that. Or whether you're listening on Stitcher Radio, your wings in action this Saturday night, 7.30 p.m. up at Blue Cross Arena. You can watch it on the Lacrosse Network. And uh, if you can't make it, I'll be watching it and tweeting along with you at Dave Walls. encourage you to follow me and uh, interact. Uh, Love chatting with as many NLL fans as I can. And don't forget, fans, your wings are going to be back home at the Wells Fargo Center on Sunday, the 16th, as uh, your wings will be coming home. Make sure to get your tickets and info at wingslax.com. That does it here for everybody at the National Lacrosse League and the Lacrosse Network. My name is Dave Wall saying thanks so much for watching. Enjoy week 11. And hey, we'll talk to you next week. John, watch a souffle. Just kidding. I'll talk to you next week, everybody. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Wings All Access right here on NLL.com. We're breaking